are Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a Monday, soon to be Tuesday. This is between this is after the January 14th game the Blazers just had against the Sacramento Kings. It was the second of a back-to-back, and the back-to-back comes up empty for the Trail Blazers as they lose a close one in Denver last night, which we will get to. And then they lose one tonight in Sacramento against the Kings. Um, Just tonight's game against Sacramento, I I, I think, was it was disappointing for a lot of reasons. Obviously, playing the second night of a back-to-back is hard. And winning games when you're on the second night of back-to-back is very, very hard. But there, there were some performances that didn't seem, you know, just to be affected by the fatigue, but maybe they could have been. Uh, just, you know, disappointing night uh, for the Blazers. I thought Damian Lillard played really well, got to the line nine times, made some some big shots late, drew some fouls, had five assists, had 35 points, six turnovers was was a, was a trouble spot for him. I think that's where you can kind of see the fatigue. And he had a, a pretty good game overall, though, still managed to get to the line, still got buckets, and still made things close throughout the night. Uh, I, I, you know, I think Lillard did everything that he could in this one and, and, and tried to will the Blazers to a win. Just a, a tough night overall, though, uh, for C.J. McCollum, who played 30 minutes, 2 of 14 from the field with 6 points on the night, 1 assist, 3 turnovers. Just uh, another tough night on top of a really tough year for C.J. McCollum. Uh, he, he's just really having, I, I think it's very fair to say the worst season of his career, especially in this role as a featured player on this Blazers team. And, you know, lately I felt like Dame was, or at least during the homestand, Dame was really trying to feed CJ, get him going. Uh, tonight he takes 14 shots and and just, you know, was not able to, to really connect or get going at all. And then uh, Yusuf Nurkic, who also played extremely well during the homestand and was racking up big game after big game and a couple of weeks ago had his 2025 by 5 game in this very building in the Golden 1 Center down in Sacramento and tonight he was outplayed by by Willie Colley Stein uh, I I think it's fair to say uh Nurkic was three of seven from the field overall. He had 11 rebounds to go with six points. He also had five assists, which was was really nice. But uh, it just wasn't the dominant performance that we saw from him a couple of weeks ago against this same Kings team. And uh, Kali Stein had 12 points, eight rebounds, three assists, and two steals. Also, Marvin Bagley, the, the, the second overall pick in the last draft in 2018, 
was not available the last time the Blazers played them, and tonight had a solid 13 points and 11 rebounds off the bench. So the bigs for uh, the the Kings playing really well. Also, Harry Giles. uh, Basically, you know, the the Kings bigs outplayed the Blazers bigs overall. And, you know, the Kings are not a bad team. The Kings are in the mix. They're still, you know, within striking districts of the playoff race. But... For a lot of Portland's wins, you, you were counting on the, the the front court, and a lot of the wins that they had, you know, against Houston, even you know the, the front court w- was really outplaying the other the other team's front court, and that tonight, whether it was the back to back or not, that's what happened in this game, which against Sacramento you don't really expect that against Denver, which on Sunday that's what happened. If Nikola Jokic outplays Yusuf Nurkic, okay, you know that's understandable. Jokic is the you know probably the best center in the league. He's been amazing. The plus minus numbers are incredible. He he he's just a problem, and and he's the best player on the best team in the West. So okay, uh, that's understandable. If, if Jokic outplays you. That's fine. If Jokic and, and and Mason Plumlee is no slouch either. I mean, he was the starter here in Portland for a couple of years, and they were a playoff team. He's a very, very, very good backup. So Denver outplaying them the other night, okay, not ideal, but understandable. Tonight, you had Nurkic with an off night from the field. Myers Leonard played well, actually probably played the best of, or at least played better than Zach Collins, that's for sure, played really well off the bench. Myers had 11 points and 7 rebounds, but Zach Collins, uh, 0 for 1 from the field, 4 rebounds, and just really, you know, a, a tough game. He had a couple of block shots, but just got outplayed, I thought, by Giles and by Bagley, and I thought Leonard did a good job Offensively, there was one rotation in transition where uh, Justin Jackson got open in the corner and Myers missed that. But, you know, I think for the most part, he played pretty well and he has played really well for most of the season. I was actually looking up the stats. He's actually very close to be able, being able to have a 50 40 90 season. He just needs to get his free throw percentage up a little bit more. Obviously, I don't know if he'll qualify with the attempts, uh, the field goal attempts are the minutes requirements that it it is required to technically be in the 50-40-90 club, but uh, he has a chance because he's 50-40 in both field goals and the three-point shot. His free throw numbers still need work, though he's at 85%, which is still very, very good. Uh, but Myers hit some shots when the Blazers needed some shots to go down on a night when Seth Curry had an off night. Curry was two of six, only one of three from three, which I guess, you know, that's understandable when he's shooting 50% from three overall. Evan Turner had a really good game for the Blazers with 14 points and four assists, including some clutch buckets. Uh, But early on in that late fourth quarter, kind of keeping the Blazers in it, Myers was doing a really good job also in the late third. And uh, he was really the Blazers big, at least offensively, that brought it the most. And uh, all three of the bigs 
for the Sacramento Kings all scored in double figures. And, you know, you have Zach serving up a solid two points and you have Nurkic with six on the night in 29 minutes of action. So uh, the, the that was part of the game for me. Obviously, Lillard did his part. I thought also C.J. McCollum getting outplayed by Buddy Heald. Heald had 19 points on the night, 7 of 10, a very efficient game. And De'Aaron Fox, while did not have a super efficient game offensively, hit a huge three-pointer in the with under two minutes left to put the Kings up by nine. Portland would end up getting within six again, but it felt like that three to put them up nine by Fox kind of put the game away, and Portland was going to need a miracle after that. If they had if they had gotten a stop there, you know Portland's able to play a little bit more normal basketball to try and get back in the game. But once you get down, uh, you know you got to start playing with a little bit more desperation. And uh, Portland just didn't they didn't finish very well, having to finish with that desperation. So Portland loses one fifteen one oh seven to the Kings, and the Blazers are now twenty six and nineteen as they are now fifth in the Western Conference, but they get a little bit of help as the New Orleans Pelicans beat the Clippers tonight. So that uh, brought the Clippers down as well. Uh, so that that will help the Blazers create a little bit of separation. Uh, also, the, the Houston Rockets, excuse me, that, that Pelicans game, not quite over yet. The Pelicans are winning with four minutes left. Uh, it'll probably be over by the time of this podcast. But... Uh, the Blazers are now 26 and 19. They've lost two in a row after they really did a good job at home. And now they will come back to the Moda Center for a two game homestand before heading out on the road once again. So we're going to come back with more lockdown Blazers. I'm going to break down that Denver loss last night, uh, what we saw there, and if we can glean anything from it, and we'll, then we'll keep. Uh, on with the podcast. So we'll be right back with more Locked On Blazers. And we're back here on Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. And as I mentioned, the Blazers lost tonight on Monday to the Sacramento Kings. And Sunday night, they lost a very close, very well-played game. It was it was a very tightly contested game throughout. I thought Denver... Uh, just was a little bit tighter in the second half, and especially in the, the latter three quarters after the first when Damian Lillard kind of had a really good start to the game in the first quarter. I thought they made things harder on Dame from that point on, and the Nuggets beat the Blazers 116-113 last night in Denver, and Nikola Jokic, as I mentioned when, when we talked about getting outplayed by the front court. Kind of understandable when it's him. He had 40 points, 10 rebounds, 8 assists, nearly a 40-point triple-double for him. And uh, he, he really just came out guns blazing from the very beginning, going at Yusuf Nurkic. And, and he's just a tough cover. I mean, it, I mean, he's a guy that can shoot the three-pointer. He can really pass the ball, is a great passer, and is also a pretty good scorer in the post. And Nurkic and Jokic battled a lot in the post throughout the night. And I thought Nurk, you know, did a pretty admirable job in the post, especially. But it was just 
Jokic is that good. And and he had 40 last night. He had four three-pointers on top of that. And he's just a special player. And and there's unfortunately I you know I know especially uh, a couple years ago when Nurkic had the see you next summer and knocked the the Nuggets out of the playoffs and all that stuff. You know, he, he did have some some very good runs against the the Nuggets and has had good games against the Nuggets. But Jokic is very, very good, and he's an all-star, and Nurkic isn't quite there yet. And so uh, while you, you could say, okay, uh, he, he, he should know Jokic really well and be able to guard him, okay, but the same goes for Jokic knowing Nurkic really well. And uh, it was just a, a really fun battle, I thought. I, I, I thought Nurkic battled really hard in the game, even if it wasn't his best performance. I thought... A couple of times down the stretch, he just was forcing a couple of jumpers that just looked really uninspired and maybe would have liked to see him take a couple dribbles or maybe do something else than than that jumper. I mean, at least the jumpers that he took the other night, they were just uninspired, no rhythm. I mean, it just, they looked bad. So, uh, and and part of that might have been Maybe he's really tired, and he's tired of of Jokic having to make him run out to the three point line the whole game because that doesn't really happen. Uh, you know that doesn't happen for Nurkic very often. So, uh, and the 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 altitude is is another factor. Uh, but that's enough excuses. Nurkic didn't have a good game, uh, especially after what he had put together over the past couple of weeks and just really dominating other teams in the post. But he had the game last night against Denver and then again tonight just having uh, a really rough go of it against the Kings big men. And so, uh, you know, this is what happens sometimes. You know, he he's, you know, maybe we're just getting, maybe it was just a flurry and maybe it comes back. But it also just happens, you know, that the season ebbs and flows and, and Nurkic is, is just having a couple of rough games after having one of the best stretches of his career. So uh, it maybe it's regression to the mean. Maybe he's just having a, a, couple, <clears throat> a couple of tough games and he just needs to uh, kind of work them out and, and, and get to the next game. So, uh, but, but, the, the truth of the matter is Nurkic, the last two games against good, the Denver who leads the West and then Sacramento who is in the hunt for a playoff spot. Nurkic just didn't perform very well, but, you know, on the flip side, he's performed well against Oklahoma City, against Houston, against Golden State, and and especially Oklahoma City and, and Houston, you know, those guys don't have slotches at center. Um, so, uh, I... Nurkic, I'm giving him the benefit of the doubt after playing so well against those other teams. I think it's maybe a little bit harder uh, if to look at the, the the struggles that CJ McCollum has had this season. But again, CJ has had a much longer track record of being a productive player, and uh, this just might be one of the worst stretches he's he's had in his career. And he had 18 the other night against the Nuggets, and. He he shot better from three that night, but it, it just hasn't felt as uh, 
automatic and maybe some of that's the change in role but uh cj has just he's had a struggle this year and it's been hard the the blazers were built on you know this dynamic duo and jason quick and i have talked about it a lot over the past couple of weeks on the podcast is that this team was built so that you'd have a truly great dynamic duo and dame has has played his role as as the lead guy but for the guy that's been closest to number two for a lot of the season has been Nurk. And uh, it's unfortunate that CJ's having the season that he's having, but he's just not connecting. And and who knows, you know, maybe this ends up resulting in the one of the hottest hot streaks of CJ's career later on in the season. I guess that's what you have to hope. But uh, so far this season, it's been really hard. And even in a matchup last night where, the Nuggets don't have Gary Harris. The you know CJ still wasn't able to have a truly you know really dominant game, and uh, you, sometimes you want to see that, especially in those big moment games where you need your players who have been in big games before, which CJ has, to step up. But uh, it, it was it was definitely a disappointing loss, I thought, because Portland played really well. They were very close throughout the night. The third quarter is where it kind of got away from them. They brought things back to a very close game, and I, I, I thought it was there, and it looked like Dame in the early going really had set a tone in the first quarter, but it was just harder for him to get to work, and I thought the Nuggets bench really did a great job last night uh, against the Blazers bench. Monty Morris, in particular, the, the backup guard, had 10 points and three assists on five six shooting, and then Mason Plumley as well had a nice dunk on a, on a pick and roll with Jokic and, and, and Plumlee was just full of energy the whole night. He also had seven rebounds. So, um, key performances off the bench. And I also thought Denver is just really good. They're just a really good team. And while it was disappointing and you, you'd like the Blazers to kind of be able to, to win a game on the road against the best team in the West right now, uh, you know the fact that they weren't able to is okay, understandable at at, at a certain level. So uh, it, it was a loss, but uh, if you look at the two games on paper, I think that was the game you would have picked the Blazers to lose. And tonight's even being on the second night of a back to back, you probably would have picked them to win this game. Although the Kings were favored, I think the line was a two and a half point line. So uh, Blazers lose to Denver. On Sunday, in a close, close game, they lose to Sacramento in a not-as-close game tonight, but uh, they're still in a pretty good spot in the Western Conference as it stands right now. But we're going to be right back with another segment of Lockdown Blazers before we wrap this up, so we'll be right back in a moment. And we're back for our final segment of tonight's Locked on Blazers And I did mention that New Orleans Pelicans-Los Angeles Clippers game in the first segment. That game is now over. The Clippers lose to the Pelicans tonight in Los Angeles. And that means that the Blazers are still in fifth place in the Western Conference. And they actually have a game lead still over the Clippers for fifth. So Portland is tied with the Rockets, who won tonight uh, in Houston. And... 
the Blazers are still in fifth place, so they're still in a pretty good spot in the Western Conference playoff race. A little bit of separation between them, not much, but between them and the bottom half of that Western Conference playoff picture, which right now is is obviously very muddled, but uh, getting pretty interesting. Memphis, a team that was great at the beginning of the season, they lose again tonight. They are 19-24. and 24. Tonight, Mark Stein of the New York Times reporting that lots of buzz about Mark Gasol and potential trades for him. I don't think Portland is in the market for a center, but uh, interesting nonetheless, especially if a team in the West gets him, uh, maybe a team that needs a center like the Lakers. Uh, that, that That's one idea. You know, Maybe move JaVale McGee back to a backup role, but that's a lot of money, and Gasol is likely to pick up his option, so that's one of the reasons why uh, the, the, the Grizzlies are interested in moving him. So you have one team there that is kind of a, a buyer. More trade buzz today uh, about a team close to Memphis, the Dallas Mavericks. They're apparently looking to move Dennis Smith Jr., and they have apparently tried to get Phoenix involved, Orlando involved. Apparently Detroit is involved in Dennis Smith Jr. trades. Uh, that not really impacting the Blazers as much as Dallas. While they've been fun to watch, especially because of Luka Doncic, uh, I mean, they're still kind of in it. Right now they're four and a half games out of the, or they're three games out, excuse me, of the playoff race. So maybe not that far-fetched. New Orleans with the win tonight is 21-23. and They've just had a really brutal season. They've been terrible on the road. 6-17 and 17 so far this year on the road have the Pelicans been, but they get one of those six wins tonight uh, over the Clippers. And the Timberwolves are right above them as they have had like a little bit of a nice bounce after firing Tom Thibodeau, and they seem to like their new coach, Ryan Saunders, over in Minnesota. And then the Kings tonight, they have won three straight games with the win against Portland, and now they're tied with the Los Angeles Lakers, who are currently in ninth place, and the Lakers are in a free fall right now because LeBron James's groin is still not healthy, and it looks like he's going to miss at least another week on top of the three weeks he's missed uh, as of today. So uh, they're going to miss him for at least three more games, and they're going to be three tough games. So the Lakers keep sliding down the standings and it doesn't look like it's going to stop anytime soon. Uh, They play Chicago and then they've got three games against Oklahoma City, Houston, and then Golden State. So uh, if LeBron doesn't play in those, I mean, those are, you just write those off as losses. It's, you know, on paper. So uh, you have that. You have Utah, who has the easiest remaining schedule in the league with another win tonight. They have won four straight games, and they are 24-21 and uh, on the season. So uh, Utah doing work, bouncing back from a really rough start to the season. Then you have San Antonio in seventh place at 25-20, and and they are currently uh, in the games back column. They are tied with the Clippers, but they have a lower winning percentage very slightly. The Clippers are in sixth, and then back to the Blazers in fifth. So... The, the Blazers 
it would they would have been in an incredible spot had they taken care of business in these two games had they won these two games they'd have even more distance between themselves and the Clippers and the rest of that kind of just free-for-all that's happening between 14 or 13 now because I think Memphis is slowly on their way out of the playoff picture between 13 and 8 right now for that eight seed it's going to be pretty crazy and it might be crazy enough that LeBron James comes back and plays hurt I mean that's how that's how crazy it is down there and would it have been nice for Portland to have a little bit more separation from the chaos down there of course but uh, all things considered even with those two losses the this is why it's important to win the games you're supposed to win like the ones Portland had at home against the Knicks, against the Bulls, against the Hornets. You know, just taking care of those games. The way they took care of that Hornets win, uh, which is a game we haven't talked about on the podcast either, I thought was, you know, really mature and, again, indicative of what I've seen a lot over the course of Damian Lillard's career as the star player, really setting the tone in those games that you're not going to lose those games. And Portland really took care of business at home and that's why that's important, and that's what separates the Blazers from a lot of these teams trying to make it in the Western Conference is not winning the games that you're supposed to win. And Portland has done that, and that's why they were able to survive these back-to-back losses against teams that are in the mix, that are above 500 uh, in Sacramento and the Nuggets, So, uh, and on the road in a back-to-back. So uh, while these two losses are, are frustrating and, and – and tempers were flaring after the game. Apparently, Iman Shumpert, who was jabbering at the Blazers bench throughout the night, uh, wanted to was outside the Blazers locker room, according to reports uh, at the end of the game tonight. And things were hot. Terry Stotts was giving him really stern looks during the game. And, and things were tight and things were emotional. And this game was was really uh, fraught with with passion and emotion and and also the you know the fan base was was like that as well after this game with the way it ended but at 26 and 19 the spot that they're in right now in the western conference is a good place to be especially because i think that this bottom of the western conference playoff picture is going to get crazier and the more the blazers can get away from that which right now they're two games up on utah which is not a whole lot, but it's something. And uh, I think it's a good position to be in. Obviously, they need to take care of business when they come back home for their next two games, but they're in a good position coming home to start a two-game homestand on Wednesday against the Cavaliers, who just snapped a 12-game losing streak last night in Los Angeles, beating the Lakers Without LeBron James, as you know, we mentioned that they're in free fall. Part of that free fall was losing to the worst team in the league. And even with the win, the Cavs remain the worst team in the league. Kevin Love is not playing. They have a very inexperienced team. The two guys you really got to worry about, or you know, or the two biggest guys that they want to develop are Jetty Osman and Colin Sexton. But you got Rodney Hood, who's who's a pretty good player. And you also have Alec Burks, who's a pretty good player. And then Tristan Thompson, who, if you're not focused, if you're not paying attention to 
the game, and, and if Portland's not playing hard, that is the one thing Thompson is really great at, and, and that is something that I think could hurt the Blazers if they don't come out with the proper energy on Wednesday against the Cavaliers. So obviously I think Portland should win that game. The 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 Cavs also probably got a little bit stirred for that game against LeBron's new team, and there were a lot more emotions there that won't be there when they face the Blazers, but uh, they also might be feeling themselves a little bit. And with, with Portland coming off two games, this is the type of game that I expect them to win and the type of game that usually in the little that in the Lillard era they take care of but uh I I do think that Cleveland has some pieces that could make it interesting Tristan Thompson I think is really one of the keys in this game Portland needs to be able to be in a position where his energy isn't the the biggest energy out on the court and sometimes or at least in that Lakers game, I thought the other night, uh, his activity, his getting extra possessions really helped the Cavs build a lead and stick around and, and win that game the other night. So that's kind of the only scenario I could see uh, is, is something like that where Portland comes out with a lack of energy. But uh, they've got the Cavs on Wednesday, so they should win that game. That definitely should be a win. And then the, the Pelicans come in who they're getting healthier. They just got Nikola Miritich back, but they're a sub-500 team and I think a team that Portland should take care of at home. So you get two home games for Portland that you've got to take care of before they head out on the road for a three-game road trip starting next Martin Luther King Jr. Day in Utah. So uh, Portland loses these two games on the back-to-back, but... They've taken care of the games they're supposed to take care of, and if they continue to do that, they will continue to see, I think, some distance between themselves and the bottom of that Western Conference playoff picture with the Clippers, the Lakers, the Jazz, the Spurs. You know, I think I think Portland can get themselves in a position where they're a little bit separated from that, but uh, they're going to be close to it all year no matter how well they do, because that's just the nature of the beast. So uh, thanks for listening to today's edition or tonight's edition of Lockdown Blazers. Subscribe, leave us a review. We're going to have more podcasts. We're going to have our regular guests. we got a Corbett Smith pod coming. we got a Jason Quick pod coming this week. So uh, keep it locked here and really looking forward to another week. I'm going to be at that Cavs game on Wednesday, so I'll let you know what I see uh, when I'm there. So until the next pod and we'll talk to you later.